Well, good morning, church. As always, good to be here with you this morning. I, I know that many of you have heard about the thrill of victory. Uh, you've heard about that, uh, that, that person, maybe that experience that um, you, you, you celebrate. Maybe it's a, a birth of a child and there's an uncontrollable celebration. It's a, a thrill of victory. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a trip to the doctor in which you've been very nervous about, you've been worried about, uh, and yet uh, in the end everything turns out really well and there's uh, a constant celebration, yes, unrestricted celebration, the thrill of victory. Uh, maybe you've been watching your favorite sports team uh, climb the mountain and at the end of the game they've been victorious and it's like, yes. Yes, and as a fan, we celebrate and we say, yes, the thrill of victory. You probably know something about the thrill of victory. I wonder if you know something about the thrill of defeat. Now, this morning, we jump into a text in regards to uh, the resurrection of Jesus. We've talked about the resurrection of Jesus now for the last three or four weeks, and, and we have just begun uh, to 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 unravel uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And, and, and this morning what we see is that, uh, that Jesus uh, brings us thrill and defeat, that by His hand He defeats something uh, that absolutely thrills us, that that means something important to us. Now, I have been asking you to just grab hold of the resurrection, to believe it, to know it's true, and then to enact it in your own life so that uh, moving forward you can always have unquenchable hope. That you always have this look out into the future. Yes, I know what the future holds. Even if I don't know what tomorrow will bring. And so we can experience the thrill of defeat with Jesus. And you can believe in the resurrection. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15, this chapter all about the resurrection of Jesus, has just prompted us over and over and over again. Hey, I want you to believe in the resurrection and the power that it brings. In the first 11 verses of 1 Corinthians, all we saw was that the, the, the resurrection of Jesus was a real thing. That Jesus really did come back from the dead. He really did walk away. The tomb was really empty. That there were people that saw Him there. They touched Him. They felt Him. Uh, what we saw after that in the next uh, several verses, next 12 verses or so, uh, through about verse 20, uh, is that is that actually, uh, if we don't have the resurrection, if you are someone who comes here regularly and says, yes, Jesus and the thing that he preached is good news, uh, that if there is no resurrection, then there is no good news. But if we do have a resurrection, if we do have a resurrection, if you look in the next nine verses in, in chapter 15, if we do have a resurrection then there is good news and we have a deposit in heaven with Jesus uh, guaranteeing us what's to come. And we can have unquenchable hope just sitting there waiting in heaven. And then last week we took a really good look and we said, hey, hey, if there is a resurrection, then we get new bodies, baby. New bodies for everybody that we cannot 
uh, inherit the kingdom of God with the body that we have, right? And so this morning, I want to talk to you about this thrill of defeat, uh, that Jesus defeats something, and that there are results of the resurrection. There's some results to the resurrection. There's some outcomes to the resurrection that you and I just simply cannot miss, that we need to grab hold of these things uh, firmly, that we need to grab hold of what uh, is clearly there in front of us with the resurrection. And then we need to respond. Not only are there some results, but there is a response. There's some response that we need to, to make to God because of what He's bringing about in the resurrection. So join me in 1 Corinthians 15. If you don't have a Bible, reach out. There's a pew Bible in front of you. Page 801. Page 801. I'm going to begin in verse 50 this morning. Page 801, verse 50. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, verse 50. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet's going to sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's some results that come about because of the resurrection that you and I get to enjoy. Uh, the, one of the first results that we see uh, that Paul talks about because of the resurrection is that if Jesus is raised from the dead, uh, then he actually ascended into heaven. If Jesus came out of the grave, if, if he was dead and then he was alive again, uh, then he went up to heaven. Uh, the other of the, the Gospels tell us that he was with the disciples and they were up on a mountain and he gave them a commission and he said, I want you to go do this. I want you to remember all of my teachings. I want you to baptize people. I want you to tell them everything about me. And then he ascended into heaven and they were there and they were looking up to heaven. And, and, and so the first result is just simply this. Because of the resurrection, what goes up must come down. It was the best thing I could come up with. <laughs> what goes up has to come back down. The result of the resurrection is that Jesus is going to come back again. The result of the resurrection is that Jesus is going to come back again. Take a look with me. In verse 52... 
He talks about this day. He talks about this time when Jesus is coming back. He says, In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, and the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Here's the deal. There's been all kinds of people for a long, 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 long time If you go back in the history books, uh, you'll find all sorts of people uh, at different times in the history uh, of humanity that have tried to say when Jesus is coming back. You know, maybe it was going to be, you know, uh, at the great eclipse. Maybe it was going to be Y2K. Some of you remember that. Some of you don't. Right? Here's the deal. Jesus told us, I don't know. I don't know when it's coming back. I don't know when God's going to send me uh, from the right hand of of the throne of God himself. I I don't know when I'm coming back. Jesus told us that. He said uh, more things like this. He said, um, it's going to come that day. uh, It's going to come like a thief in the night. Now now how many of you, if you knew when a a thief was going to come into your house and take your things, and rummage through your drawers, how many of you would have a policeman ready? Yeah, me too. Here's the thing. You don't know when the thief is going to come. That's called, that's called insurance, right? You, you don't know. We simply don't know when this day is going to come. Uh, so uh, the message of all of Scripture is that this day is going to come. The resurrection says, hey, what goes up has to come back down. Jesus is coming again. And so we have to be ready for that day. Other parts of Scripture say uh, it's going to come unexpectedly. It's going to come like uh, Noah's flood. Everybody's going to be doing their thing. Uh, they're going to be having you know, Memorial Day weekend plans. They're going to be getting together with their friends. They're going to be going to weddings. Uh, they're going to have some parties on the side. There's going to be a barbecue out in the back, and then suddenly it's going to start raining. Right? Jesus is saying, hey, look, when that day comes, it's going to come as a surprise. And you need to be ready. Other times he says, hey, this day is going to come and it's going to be like a master uh, who left some people to do a job and then um, he's going to leave, right? And then he's going to come back at a time that they weren't expecting him. And all the message regarding this day, the, the resurrection the guarantees is that we got to be ready. And here's the thing about this day that Paul's saying. When it happens, it's over. That's it. Everything gets recreated. And it's going to happen fast. There's not going to be another opportunity. Like maybe now I'll try and figure out who Jesus is. Right? It happens. And it happens quick, right? Uh, the language that Paul uses here, did, did you catch it? The language that he uses, it's going to be in a flash. It's going to be in a twinkling of an eye. It's going to be at the last trumpet, all right? Uh, the images that he uses is, is like as if I was going to say, when the buzzer sounds, right, the game is over, right? When the checkered flag waves, right, the race is done, 
When Jesus comes back a final time, it's over. And so we all, all of us in this room, all of us outside of this room, we got to be ready for a time when Jesus comes back. The, re- the result of the resurrection is what goes up has to come back down. And Jesus is coming a final time. And you're saying, hey, well, what about that message last week about the body and all of that? Uh, What happens there? Uh, He's going to say, hey, look, when that day happens, and it will happen because there was a resurrection, he says, you're all going to be changed. So if Jesus were to come back this afternoon, and we're not dead yet, he says, you're all going to be changed. He says, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor the perishable of the imperishable. But I tell you, we will not all sleep. When he talks about sleep, right, uh, he's not talking about some weird cyberspace. He's talking about death there. Sleep, he's talking about death. You're, you will not all die, but you will all be changed. When, when Jesus comes the final time. When he comes back, it's going to happen quick, and everybody who's following him is going to be changed. The result of the resurrection is that he's coming back, and when he does, everything is transformed. Look, we're talking about the creator of the universe. And he can snap his fingers, and he can create light, and he can create things like dirt and air. And so when he comes back a final time, he's going to snap his fingers and it's going to be done. And all of us in one form or another are going to be changed and we're going to have to be ready for that. The resurrection guarantees that Jesus is coming back. Now, what are some of the other results? The other results are really good. Another result of the resurrection being true. Another outcome of the resurrection that Paul talks about here is not only is Jesus coming back, but when He comes back, He's going to drag death behind Him. Right? Uh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna have hunted down death. He's going to have killed death. And He's going to drag it behind Him. The result of the resurrection is that death is impotent. It's gone. It's over. Check out the taunt right here. You guys like smack talk? Do you guys you guys into that? Okay, you're not that sort of congregation. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you that Paul is into smack talk. Okay? By the way, for those of you that don't know what smack talk is, okay? Uh, smack talk is like you're you're on a court, uh, you're on the field, and uh, and 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 you're kind of you know. You're like winning. You're winning a lot. And, and uh, you know, you're up to bat maybe. I mean, it is the springtime, and you're the catcher, and, uh, and, and you're whipping the other team, and underneath your breath, you know, you're, you're saying things to the other team like, oh, oh, I thought you could catch up to that or something. Okay, you, you all know what smack talk is? Are you all aware of what smack talk is now? Okay, this is Paul, and he is smack talking Because of the resurrection now. Because of the resurrection. Check this out. Look at verse 54. There, right at the end. He says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. This is the smack talk. Are you ready for it? 
Death has been swallowed up in victory. And then he starts singing. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Right? Do you all know Queen, the band? Okay? They, they sing this song at, at, uh, at, at events, you know. We are the champions, my friends. All right, this is Paul's version of that. Okay? Because of the resurrection, the result, the outcome is that death is done away, right? Have you ever been to a high school football game and, and the student section begins to sting? Go start the bus. Go start. Have you ever seen, heard that? Maybe that was just in my time. Right? Paul is saying, uh, because of the resurrection, Jesus and, the, and the, the death that He has dealt death, because He has killed death, because He has robbed the grave, uh, uh, Jesus is upstairs in heaven next to God going, go start the bus. All right? Uh, death has been completely done away with. And, and notice the next line. Notice verse 56. Uh, because He's going to say the thing... Uh, the thing that really made death what it was, uh, the thing uh, that really gave death it, its hurt is now gone because of the resurrection. Uh, look at what he says. He says, the sting of death is sin. He says, not only did he do away with death itself, not only did he take that away, not only did he drag that in his wake, he got rid of sin. And he got rid of the thing that made us realize what sin was. And the power of sin is the law. Here's the thing about Jesus. When he's talking about the law, he's talking about the Mosaic law. He's talking about those things uh, that come along like with the Ten Commandments. You know what the law was? The law was a mirror. How many of you got up and looked in the mirror this morning? How many of you... Didn't like what you saw. Don't raise your hands. Don't. You see, the law is a mirror. It shows us what we didn't and couldn't see before. Right? Uh, let's say that I get in a car and I'm learning how to drive and uh, I can drive as fast as I want. I think, man, I know how to use the steering wheel. And I got the gas pedal, and who cares? I mean, I got open road, right? Let's just, let's, yeah, somebody said, let's put the pedal to the metal. Let's go, right? Now, what happens, what happens when I realize that there's a speed limit sign? Well, now there's inner angst, isn't there? Because I realized that I've been breaking the law. Before that point, I didn't know that I was breaking the law uh, because I thought that uh, God gave me this horsepower to use it. And so now, now instead, I, I realize that I'm breaking the law by going too fast. You see, the law was there to show us our sin. Uh, but the great thing about Jesus is that He took all of the requirements of the law on Himself. He fulfilled it fully. He completed the law in Himself 
so that we could follow him instead of the law. And in doing that, he took out, he took out the sting of sin. He took it on himself. He took it on himself. He died a death that we couldn't die so that we could live a life that only he could live. And so he took out, he took out the teeth of death. It doesn't have a stinger anymore. It's like, it's like a lion with no teeth. It's like a snake with no venom. It's like death with no sickle. He, he took it He took its power away. The result of the resurrection is that Jesus Himself killed death and took its sting out. And we don't get that by ourselves. The result of the resurrection is that He takes sin away from death so that death no longer has power over us. So what's our response to all that? What will we do in response? Notice the very ending of this section, verse 57. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the thrill of defeat. Death has been defeated, so what are we going to do? How about together we say thank you to God for sending Jesus How about we say, thank you. Thank you, God, uh, for giving me a situation that was painful so that I might be driven to you. Uh, Thank you, God, uh, for putting me in situations that would drive me to my knees. Uh, Thank you, God, for putting me in traffic so that I might figure out how to practice patience. Thank you, God, for giving me a four-year-old That all the fruits of the Spirit might come in really handy. Thank you, God, for doing what I couldn't do so that I might live in a way that I couldn't before you. Thank you, God. There are some of you in this room that have an opportunity to go home and to thank God. Maybe you're sitting uh, together with your family and, and you have an opportunity before you, you eat at, at your party this afternoon. Just to simply thank God for the resurrection. Thank God for that day when He's going to come back and you're going to be ready. Thank God for killing death and taking out sin. Maybe there's some of you that are just sitting there going, I'm not sure about the resurrection, but today you're ready. You're like, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss out. And you have an opportunity to partner with Jesus in the resurrection. And if that's you, today's your day. Like, don't wait, let's do this. And you can begin to smack talk death too. 
And then you can say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. I I pray that it soaks into who we are. Father, I pray not only will we know the results of the resurrection, but we'll respond with gratitude and thanksgiving. That we, will, that we will share the victory. That we'll know the thrill of defeat. God, I pray for all those who can hear me. I pray that we could say thanks because we personally experienced what it's like to partner with you in the resurrection. May we not take this lightly. May we understand the resurrection, not just as something out there, but something personal. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being good to us. In Jesus' holy name, amen.